Welcome to the podcast of RTC Fitness, uh, Clocking Time. And today we are spending a little time with member Michelle Hout. Thank you for being with us, Michelle. Thank you. It's busy just a couple days before Christmas when we're recording this, so I appreciate you taking some time out of a busy schedule, what I know is a busy schedule, so... Um, so start like everyone does. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay, so uh, my name is Michelle Hout. I was born in Houston, Texas, but I've definitely lived in Ohio my whole life. Um, Thirty six years old. I have twins, Michael and Graciana, but she goes by Graci, and they are seven, and they go to St. Mary's in Maslin. Um, my husband is an electrician for Hilshire Clark. Um, and I am a training and qualifications manager at Shears at the uh, Brewster site. Okay. And husband Chris, like many couple here, right? So yes. you both come to the gym with yep. kids. Oh, so yeah. So we have a lot of families here. <laughs> yes. It's a big draw, I know, for a family yeah. that you can bring the kids here and I'll be a part of It really what's is. Happening here, it really so. is. Just because, like, they're right there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, some mm-hmm. gyms, like, you, you're totally separated from them, yeah. right? So, like, you just don't really know what's going on. Um, but there I can just always look over and like, it makes it really easy for me to see when they're doing something wrong. So I can yeah. hurry up and run over there and be like, don't touch that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it nice. And yeah. because I think it's really cool, um, just that they see us going to the gym and we do it like as a family, you know, it's just yeah. like part of our lifestyle. And so I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. And I'd like to, I'd love to talk more about that too. Like just the, the family component and why, why all that's a important to you. But um, I know I approached you, you have a, a, a strong story about sobriety yes, and the journey that you've taken mm-hmm. to get to where you are today. So I'm just going to read, you You sent me a little bit uh, of text so that I had a little bit of background, um, but if it's okay with you, I'm just going to read some of the things that you wrote and then I would just love for you to fill in the blanks with this with the story. Um, you said... Uh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm also an alcoholic. September 26th marked five years sober for me. This is when I knew God was real and he is on my side. With alcohol abuse comes drug use. It's like they marry each other and I'm their side piece. Love that too. That was, I'm an English teacher, so that metaphor was like just really a powerful metaphor. So I was in a, a bad place, suicidal, depressed, and decaying. I couldn't stop, and then I did. I prayed for it to end, and on September 26, 2016, it finally worked, and I knew it was over. I have not had a desire to use or drink since it saved my life. So those are all such powerful words. So can you, can you fill in the story of the journey that got you to where you were, and then what got you to the 26th? And then I'd love to know those five years, like how, how you've maintained that. So... Yeah, so I'll just let you let you take um, over. So I've always I've always been a pretty happy, uh, pretty you know, a, I like to achieve, right? And yeah. then I just hit this point. It actually started with a breakup of all things, and I felt like with alcohol, I kind of figured it out, right? So if mm-hmm. I drank enough, it, it just wouldn't. I'd feel okay about it, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't think about it for a little bit. And alcohol, one hundred percent, I think is a gateway to a lot of other things. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that you try and you don't even think about it, right? Because you're not even yourself. Um, And so that just led me down a really, really bad path. Just places I never thought I would be, like there I was, right? So the best word, it actually, I heard this about a year ago, somebody described like an alcoholic as decaying. And they really are. I mean, you just, you're just there. It doesn't matter, like your your self-worth, your self-respect. 
um, your honesty of all things. I know that sounds crazy, but I was just so, I was just such a liar when I was drinking. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, that totally wasn't me. Like everything that I didn't want or wouldn't want to be around, I became. And I just think it's, it's, it's really powerful to realize like I was doing that to myself until a point of it was, it had a full grip on me, 100%. I mean, we were at a point where, you know, like, you always hear the stories, but they're really real. Like, you'd have to wake up in the morning and, like, drink, or you didn't feel right about your day. It was just yeah. that very off, like, feeling. Um, and it just needed, it needed to end. Um, I was suicidal. I was alone a lot, a lot, a lot. Just people kind of just, like, there was not much to do with me, it almost felt like. So I went from being this person who really had like a good future ahead of me to just seven years of just spiraling out of control. And then I just hit like this point where it was like, I just wanted it to be over. And it's like, you know, I did reach a point of, yeah, definitely suicidal. And I do think that, I think, I don't want to describe this. I think people that commit suicide, not to get too dark, I think people that commit suicide have, they've got a lot of you know, for lack of a better word, like just almost like courage. I don't, that sounds a terrible word to say that. But when I was at that point, I was scared of it all of a sudden because like I realized I was there, right? Yeah. I wasn't just thinking about it anymore. This was going to happen, you know? And I remember going through my house and turning off the lights of all things because I hadn't seen people in a while. Like I was just kind of there. And that's not to put that on anybody else. I had definitely right. gotten to a point where I had pushed people away. I had lied. I had done these, like, horrible things to people that I loved, you know, to my parents. Every, everything was terrible. Um, and I remember going around my house, like, turning off the lights because I thought nobody's going to find me for a few days, right? Yeah. So I just was, start, I was turning off the lights. I was literally preparing the house for myself to go. Mm-hmm. And I had it all figured out. And then it just... I just couldn't. I couldn't work up the courage to do it. I know that sounds odd, but I was scared of it, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, but part of you, must, you wanted to live. Do you think, I wanted do you to live that? to a point, but at the same time, it wasn't worth it to me anymore. That makes any sense. Yeah. And that's a terrible thing to say. It really is. And that's a scary thing to realize that you were once there. And it's a scary thing to realize that that wasn't you. Yeah. You know? That was a completely different person. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I've always had a strong faith in God. Like I went to St. Mary's, that sort of thing. I always knew God existed. But when I prayed and I was like, I can't do this. Like something has to happen. I can't do this anymore. It literally was like God just kind of like took it from me. Like, okay, cool. I'll just take it from here then. And it was gone. Like we're talking about somebody that would literally drive around with like a Bud Light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like in my car open. Like that's how bad it was to somebody who has never had that desire ever since. September 26, 2016. And you hear these stories of like, oh, this person relapsed or whatever. I have never, ever, ever had that feeling. So when that happened, I knew it wasn't me, right? Because like I would have done that, I don't know, four years before that. Um, And so that's when God became like real for me because I always knew he was there, but you just knew that was him at that point. And it was like God did for me like what I couldn't do for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. At what age? What age did all of that? All of the addiction start? What, um, you? In my, I would say about 22, 22 okay, years so old. Yeah, okay. I was still pretty okay. young, um, but at the same time, like yikes, right? Like mm-hmm. that's crazy that 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 happened. Um, I, uh, that's just when everything, like you know, you know, God's real, but then when it goes there and um, 
It's just there's no way he's not, if that makes any sense. Like, I know I didn't do that. There's no way yeah. I did that. I couldn't yeah. stop. Like, I could not stop. Physically couldn't stop. Had you tried many times? Like, woken up and say, all right, I'm, yes. not, I'm not drinking today. I'm yep. not. Yep. But I had yeah. definitely reached that point where the physical side of it was way too much. Like, mm-hmm. you would shake or you yeah. couldn't, like, you would stutter for no reason. Like, you couldn't yeah. even talk. It was the weirdest thing. It was like your body just needed it to function yes absolutely yeah Yeah. and it was bad I mean people definitely noticed um you know and then I would like kind of try to counteract that with like pills and things and so yeah I mean it's insane I think it's crazy like that that type of stuff looking back on it I think that's insane that that type of stuff is legal like I literally like ruined my life over that so um but yeah so now I'm in a much better place now I've had zero zero desire to do that since And I think it's really important. At first, like, I was kind of embarrassed by that story because, you know, you always think of, like, an alcoholic as, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, sometimes people are always like, yeah, like, when's the other shoe going to drop type feeling? But I remember, like, when I was going through that, I never knew another alcoholic ever. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody ever told me. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, I'm six years sober. Um, These people that I never would have imagined. And I just kind of wish somebody would have been like, hey, like, I get it. I know what's going on. Like you know, let's talk. Yeah. Um, did you re and did you do any kind of like support group? I did. Or, I did, did do, you? um, AA for a little bit, mm-hmm. but like I said, I didn't really, I, I had God like on my side, so I didn't need that element of it, but I will tell you it was really nice. I did that for about the first three months. It was really, really nice to go and hear other people have the same story I did. Right. And that's where I knew like, this wasn't just me. This was a lot of people because the stories were all the same. You know, just like sleeping through the day and not yeah. caring what time you woke up and things like that. Yeah. So, were you able to? Did you work through all of through those years? Were you able to? No, I um I did work, but I lost. I was a bartender yeah. at the time. That go figure. Yeah. So yeah. lost that job, and then I lost another job it, because I was drinking. Yeah. Like to be honest with you, I was yeah. drinking, and I was um, drinking on the clock and things like that. It was a nightmare. It was a mess. Yeah. Like everything you think like a person shouldn't do. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> you know, fully taking, um, fully taking part in all of that. So for, through a good bit of that time, would you have said to someone that you didn't need help or did you recognize that you needed help? You just felt powerless to, to change anything. I knew I needed help. I'll tell you the exact same time I knew I needed help. I knew I needed help. I was actually making change for a customer out of the cash register and my fingers were shaking as I was trying to like get the bills. And it was the first time I ever thought to myself, wow, like this, I can't, there's something wrong here. And I never admitted it. I had a bunch of people telling me that I had an issue, but it's just not something pretty, you know, that you want to accept about yourself, right? So it just, it was just bad. So then there comes the self-esteem piece that it takes on you. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really ugly time. Yeah. So this moment in your house and it's dark, is that, is that September 26th? Is that the... That's the, the day before. The yeah, day, okay. that's the day before. And then I I also had uh, another situation prior to that. Like, there's been a few different things where I actually called my mom. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember, she, I think she was at Target or something at the time. She was at a store. And she put something, and she was like, okay, I'll be there in a second. And, like, she ended up, like, not checking out, like, leaving whatever she had. Right, right. And she came over, and she took me. And that was, um, you know, we went to, like, the crisis center first, and then to Altman. Because it was it was definitely serious, mm-hmm. and then coming out of that, like yeah, I got some treatment, but none of that was working, you know. Yeah. So I stayed at Altman for about four days, and then um, 
came home, and then that kind of happened a little bit after. But that situation with the whole thing with Altman and my mom and stuff, that actually happened in May okay. of that same year. Yeah. And so coming up on September, that is when I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, literally, it was literally like an like a switch like a switch it in was, your head that it, you yes that it was the it was literally when it happened so yeah. um all of a sudden like i had an idea i know this sounds like kind of crazy but i had an idea to call aa of all things mm-hmm. all of like i always knew it existed right yeah. so i called she came and met me at panera that night and we talked and she used the description of like michelle you know how like some people are allergic to strawberries they just cannot have strawberries mm-hmm. That is how you are with alcohol. You just cannot have it. There is no in-between. Something happens when you have it. it. You cannot do it anymore. And so when I looked at it, like, it's not even a choice. It changed it a little bit for me. And I just remember feeling this wave of, like, relief. Yeah. And, of course, there was, like, some skepticism, like, the weeks after. Like, oh, I wonder if this is, you know. Because remember, I tried to quit many times yeah. before. Yeah. But I just knew. I just knew it was over. Mm-hmm. You know? I felt like it was just yeah. such a relief. You know what I mean? And then slowly, slowly I came back to myself. I think I'm finally back to who I am now. Um, but you still have, like, those weird trigger moments. Not to, yeah. like, drink or anything, but you hear a song that you remember listening to mm. during that time. Yeah. or it takes you back to yeah. the person that yep. you were then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a journey of growth, I'm sure, too. Just Absolutely. being able to see yourself yeah. as a healthy, yeah. valuable to, person. Yeah. To see yourself as a healthy, valuable person and just the am- amount of, like, even, like, monetary damage you can do to yourself. Mm-hmm. You can destroy your credit. You yeah. can, you know, owe tons of people money. Like, I'm finally out of that phase. But there was a good amount of time when, like, I didn't I could, didn't have two pennies rubbed together. You know what I mean? And it yeah. was just, that's another piece. It's just, it's crazy. So it's kind of like... You know, I'm sure you've heard it, but like it takes you, you could ruin your credit like that, but it takes you forever to build it back up. Mm-hmm. Mine's finally up, but remember, like it's also been five years. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's definitely been a journey mentally, physically, career wise, everything like that. Yeah. So talk about, you know, the kids and Chris and how they fit into this whole, how they fit into your story. So me and Chris definitely had a similar party lifestyle. Um, at this point we had, we had the kids already. We, we were not married at this time. We actually got married in 2017. Okay. So the May after, um, my sobriety, um, they were there and they were very much back and forth between, uh, my parents, his mom and him. He was not living with me at the time. Um, and that was another reason just kind of always being alone, mm-hmm. you know, just wasn't, I just yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and then I got it together. Um, I sobered up and... Everything just kind of played back into place, you know, it it just very slowly, but now I'm in a very, very good spot. And I just, uh, it scares me to realize like how much is out there for them to, you know, dabble in, I guess maybe when they get older. And so I'm, I'm really glad that I have that like absolutely not mentality with that now because you know, there, I know there's some parents like, oh, well, they're going to try stuff or whatever, but 100% I'm not down for that. Yeah. And so it's, or it's safer if we provide it at home. No. As a yeah. High right. Teacher, like, I see, no. I hear that so often, you know, um, at least they're not out driving or what, you know, all those. Yeah. No. So I very much have a stern stance on that. Now, like everybody's always like, Oh, well, does it bother you when other people do? No, not really. As long as it's not like happening in my house. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. that's fine. Now if I see like a problem, that's a different thing, but I don't know many people, you know, that I could say that about, but, um, it's just not for me. 
yeah. or my kids, and it better not be for Chris either because that would be a deal breaker, you know what I mean, if he were to go back to that. So, yeah. And that was another, you know, a, a nice thing. Did Chris have an issue like I did? No, not really, but he stopped when I did, so that was good. Yeah. So, so it was a team, definitely like a team yeah. effort. We finally, we other. were just, yeah. yeah, we were very dysfunctional, and we just stopped all of it. So, so faith, a huge part of your recovery then every, is that every day? Is that about going to church? Is that just an, is that an inner faith that you have a relationship with God? How does that, how's that play into like staying sober and feeling like you've got both feet on the ground? Yeah. I feel like, um, with that, like I said, I always believed in God. Um, and then it just became real when I got sober, I go to church, um, Yes, I just like it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I yeah. love it. I, it feels like a self-help session every Sunday. Um, I just like the feeling that I have. And just seeing what's going on in the world today, it's just mm-hmm. really nice to know. Like, for instance, like my grandma passed away. And yes, this is a huge element of it. And it's kind of a darker element. But my grandma passed away. And it's just really nice to know that, like, I, 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 I know she's in a good place mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. You know, and I know everybody says that. But, like, to really know that is a good feeling. Yeah. You know, and so you want that for your whole family. And my mom, um, you know, she comes to church and she always says the same thing. Uh, oh, I just feel so good when I leave, you know. And so yeah. it's nice. And just with the past year and stuff, with things that have been going on, um, I have definitely needed a lot of prayer. Um, just because there has been so many situations that none of us could control. Yeah. It was almost yeah. like, okay, I'm going to brace for this. I don't know what's right. going to happen, but. The unknown. So much unknown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you felt in some way prepared for that, having been through what you've been through. Is it a perspective kind of thing? I definitely think it's a perspective thing. And it's really nice knowing that I don't have to figure it out on my own. Yeah. That doesn't mean I just do whatever I want. But it's nice to know, like, I don't know what's going on, but I know God does. And um, I know that this is going to work out in a way that I can handle it. So that doesn't mean that everything's going to work out exactly how I would like it to. But it's not going to be anything more than I can handle. Yeah. So... Was the, so your perspective then during, you know, like quarantine and all the, the last couple of years, which I feel have just like taken a toll on people in oh, yeah. so many ways. I mean, I know I see it at school with teenagers, just more and more stress and anxiety, you know, mental just struggles, I think. And I see it with adults too, but what, what do you, what do you think about that? That wasn't, so that wasn't really as difficult for you to go through that time period. It just seems like it changed people. Oh yeah. Changed the world a lot. And so it did. And I, um, so I never quarantined to be honest. I work at Shears. Yeah. We make potato chips, but you know, we never shut down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I saw it from a different end. Right. Yeah. And, um, it, it just, I have seen the most, somebody told me probably about a year and a half ago, this will be the hardest time of your career. And I 100% agree. The amount of strategy that goes into like trying to figure out how to make it work for the day or try to bring people in to work, all of that, it's insane. And the amount of pressure that you have on yourself. And then on top of that, you have to make sure, you know, you're following all these guidelines and all that sort of thing. And the whole world just seems like it's kind of like blowing up in this Mm -hmm. pandemic. And here you are doing the exact same thing that you've been doing this whole time. Yeah. So on that end of it, it's all like, and I know it's very political and that sort of thing, but it's like how does this make sense? (laughs) You know what I mean? So on the quarantine side of it, um, the part that I didn't like at all was definitely was the kids being pulled out of school. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it's almost like who thought that was a good idea. I get that it's like, you know, for health and things like that, but I saw the effect that it took on my kids. 
And I thought it was really odd that that could happen, and I didn't have a say in it. Um, so as far as the pandemic goes, I didn't ex- experience it the same way everybody else yeah. did. Yeah. I was more trying to... F- it was almost like you were, like, digging a hole, and somebody was right behind you throwing the dirt mm. back in. Like, you That's thought you were getting yeah. somewhere, and then, yeah. like, you just weren't. And it's, we're still facing metaphor. that today. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. still facing that today. It's, like, crazy. Uh, the bright side of that, though, on, like, the business end is I have definitely seen, like, even with, uh, in my own company, jobs are different now. And by that, I mean the culture. So it's not the money that's going to keep people anymore, it seems like, because we're throwing money everywhere at people. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's definitely more down to, like, the experience. So I've yeah. seen more engagement happen in the last, like, two years. I've seen more, like, empathy, more care, more, like, um, just a different style of leadership, almost like servant leadership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like that. And so um, it's almost like co- companies almost seem like they opened up their eyes a little bit to really see, like, we got to think outside the box mm-hmm. here on how to, yeah. you know, keep people. So, And I think at the end of the day, it's about making people feel valued. You Absolutely. Know, that, that, yep. they, that they're important and you're acknowledging yeah. what they're doing. Yep. So... I, and I think that's just the case in life, isn't it? Like, right, for how we need to treat people. But. Yep. Yeah, and that, too, was, like, um, and I think that helps, like, the development side just because um, I, so. Well, you it, maybe talk a little bit about, I'm not sure everybody knows, like, exactly what your job entails. Okay, so. so what you do at Shears. and So I started off <laughs> at uh, Millennium, which is, like, their Maslin area plant. Okay. And then I worked my way up, and so now I'm a uh, training manager for training and qualifications. Okay. So basically, I'm, I do a lot of, like, the technical writing of the procedures, making sure everybody knows how to do their job, whatever that job may be. Um, definitely incorporating different types of, like, adult learning styles. Uh, in the factory setting, it is yeah. not the same, right? You might have somebody that can't even read, right? So there's, there's a lot of different um, things that you need to look at there. But the other side of it that I really enjoy is I kind of have a strong hold on, um, like, promotions. And I can somewhat be hey this person's a good idea like Mm -hmm. let's look at this person a little bit more um for promotions and I love the person that comes in and you see this too like in a lot of like factory settings the person that shows up usually like on a starter bus I'm just saying that because I've seen it right right. so they show up on a starter bus they don't bring a lunch with them they don't have the money for it it's just not a good situation and then all of a sudden they just keep coming to work and things are starting to look up and then they keep coming and then, you know, they get a promotion, which is a big deal because most factory workers do not have a master's. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. they get these promotions that are really good money and you just see like their entire demeanor change. Like mm-hmm. it's nice. And I live for that. I live for like the underdog story, like the person that just, they're going not so great in life. And then yeah. all of a sudden, and I'm not saying your career is like the answer to everything. But I think it's a big part of it. And, like, yeah. you spend so much time there. And if you feel valued, yeah. all of a sudden things start to yeah. feel a little bit better. So, And you feel productive. And that you're yeah, you feel productive. Some, and yeah. you feel like you're doing yeah. something right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I love, I love that part. I really do. I think that's, like, the one thing that I think I would always stay in a factory setting for. Um, I love what I do on the training side. But I love the people piece of it. I like that. Like, the blue-collar worker who, yeah. you know, I love that type yeah. of stuff. So. It's kind of an old American dream kind it of really story, is. isn't it? it I really don't know. Is. I've, yeah, I, I talk about it. that with students when we read things a lot. Yeah. And we always talk about, like, is is the American dream still a thing? Is is dreaming still a thing? Yeah. You know? So, like, that idea that you can, like, 
pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and, you know, yeah. make something of your life yep. and have the life that you want. So, yeah, as long you as know, you're, like... Working. Yeah. As working lo- for it. Exactly. But, yeah, know, that's, that's the piece. That's the piece that's, I think, missing yeah. to some degree today. Yeah. That's where people. you can lose me. If you're yeah. like, I really want this, but you know what? <laughs> right, I'm going right. to fall off the next seven days. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, so... We actually did something really interesting recently. Because of the labor shortage, we actually onboarded 25 people from Puerto Rico unbelievable they literally come here from puerto rico and will make a bunch of money and just send it home and for them the like the hourly rate at ohio in ohio is like huge it's like double theirs right Right. and that was another piece too that was really eye-opening like wow these people are really going after it and everything's against them right they're Mm -hmm. living together in these housing units now and like they don't speak a lot of english but they're working hard every single day and i will be like in their corner 100 percent, right So, and somehow we've even figured out how to promote some of those people to skilled roles. So that's, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, So yeah, I like that side of it. I just love people doing better for themselves. Yeah. So. Okay. Do you work with a a team of other, other people? Yep. Okay. Yep. We have a leadership team. um, That's just, we all have like different like areas. Yeah. So yeah, we have like operations and sanitation and all that type of stuff. All like the pieces. So. So what do you like to do for fun? For fun? Yeah. I, oh, I love RTC. That's kind of like a corny answer. Yeah. Like, oh, I like to go to the gym for fun. But no, I really do. <laughs> I like how, like, when I come in here, I just feel better about myself. Yeah. But no matter what, I've never had, like, a bad conversation here. You know, where, yeah. like, you walk away and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Right. Like, <laughs> but no, I've, I've always liked it. And I like because it's definitely, like, like like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just so nice. Yeah. Um, here just to get better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also for fun, um, I love writing. I really do. I love, love, love writing. I just, I love it. Um, I don't know why. I think it comes naturally. And I think that's why I like it so yeah. much. Is it just seems to make a lot of sense. And, you know, my husband sometimes will be like, yeah, you, like, you're a really good writer. And to mm-hmm. me, it's just like jotting. Just na- yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So There's I love a that clarity sort of that comes with putting words on paper. I think. Yeah. And I love, yeah. like, different ways to word things, mm-hmm. and yeah. I love that stuff. Do you think stuff. someday you'll write your story? Have you written it? Have you written pieces, parts of it? Yep. I actually, there is a magazine out of Columbus called Harness. It's a women's yeah. magazine, and I have a few different submissions there that have been published. Um, one was definitely about my sobriety. One was about uh, my grandma, and there was one about Grassy. There's just different versions yeah. that I have. What kind yeah. of publication is it? It's a women's magazine. It's a women's magazine. Yeah. Okay. It's mostly online yeah. though. Yeah. So I don't know that I think it just actually got bought by somebody else. Okay. So I think it wasn't for a little bit and then it came yeah. back. So it's a okay. very local magazine. And yeah. it literally does run off of people submitting stuff. So okay. still that's exciting though. Yeah. And that's I really like the it. way to get things out there now. You know, yeah. print is not necessarily the first medium that people go to for information yeah. anymore for sure. So um well, let's just talk a little bit more about the gym. You mentioned, you know, how much you love it here. How has, how, what role, what piece does that play for you, like, with, with sobriety and with, like, just staying where you need to be, like, the, the physical exercise and the community here? How does that help you? Um, I, I like it because it's, like, especially in this time where you're trying to figure out how to make things work constantly, mm-hmm. especially at your job. I have some control here, right? So, like, yeah. I'm a big, like, achievement person. I like to achieve. And so I can check that box every day mm-hmm. that I come here. But, yes, I did it. Like, I crave it, if that yeah. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Another piece of this is it's always really touched me. Uh, my sister Erica 
Um, she has, like, a little bit of a disability, right? So, like, Erica has always liked to go to the gym, like, with me and Chris, right? Yeah. She just feels more comfortable yeah. that way. So, we went to, like, a, a gym recently, probably about before COVID happened. And it was just weird. Like, we would walk in, and Erica would walk in, and they just mm-hmm. never remembered her. Or, like, what's your name again? And with, with somebody who has, like, a disability, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting to the machines and stuff like that, it wasn't the most comfortable thing for her to do. Yeah. And just nobody ever, like, tried to help or anything, right? So I was, like, when I started coming to RTC, I was, like, Erica, you got to try this place. Erica is, like, I mean, she walks in. People are, like, hey, Erica. Like, she mm-hmm. has a community here. And I don't, that has always just made it so solid for me here because of how it is 100% genuine how they, how you guys, or how we treat people yeah. here, right? Yeah. So it's not just this like, hey, no, it's right. like real. Right. Yeah. And um, I just think that it says so much about RTC. And I, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? I would feel weird not having it, if that makes any mm. sense. I would feel disappointed in myself if I were to walk away. Like, we're in that type of relationship now, <laughs> me and RTC. We're not leaving each other. So. Right. And I can feel myself getting better. I mean, just, like, yeah. I remember when I first started, like, running a mile was, like, no thank you. And then yeah. just the other night, I ran a mile and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, I have been coming here since January, so it's about time. But that's, yeah, it's that's a big to deal. look back and see where we've come, yeah. where we started and where we are now. And yeah. I, was, I think I've said it to other people that... I've interviewed, but like we all start somewhere when we walk in the door, you know, we have yeah. our starting point and then, yeah. And I like it too, because it's not even go. about like, and me and Erica talk about this. It's not even about like weight loss or anything like that. Right. It's about just like feeling stronger, like, especially as a mom and you know, I'm getting older and things like that. Um, I like the way I feel and that. I will take that any day over. Like I lost seven pounds. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I just love yeah. it. And it's, in just like a crazy time like this, I just really appreciate the fact that I can take 45 minutes of my day and really say, yes, like I took care of something yeah. today. And, um, and also too, just from Allie, like coach Allie, she has a lot of things like I like writing. So I like listening to mm-hmm. right? So like when people say certain things, they just stick with me. Yeah. Little cues. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I think it was the, I don't know if it was the Murph or the hero workout, but before, you know, she was talking to us and everything, and she's like, yep, this is a long workout, but mm-hmm. you know what, like, you can do hard things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when she said that, like, you can do hard things, it's it's always stuck with me since then. Like, yeah, this is not going to be yeah. the best, no matter what the situation right. is, but you can do hard things. It's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or anybody yeah. can do anything for two minutes, or whatever they say. <laughs> or 12, or 20, yeah. or yeah. however long. And yeah. so, I've always liked that. <laughs> it's just a constant challenge to be better, not only physically, but, you know, as a person, yeah. too. And, it, and, like, this gym also definitely breathes and lives that. Like, yeah, I don't see anybody come in here. Like, everybody that's in here, you can just tell, like, they're doing well. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No matter what's going on outside. Here they seem like they're in doing this, really well. For this hour. Yeah. You're kind of all yep. connected in some way. So, yeah. What about the fact that, you know, it's a family thing for you as well, Chris mm-hmm. and the kids, and is that important? That's an, is that an important yeah. aspect of Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you? I definitely like bringing the kids. Um and then Chris, sometimes we come together, sometimes we yeah. don't. It's just kind of like, it kind of uh, matters like on the schedule. Yeah. You know, so who yeah. can make it. Yeah. I'm a little bit luckier with that because I have more flexibility, I think, in my, what times I work. Um, whereas he is working till five or then he has school or whatever's going yeah. on. So. Yeah. So it's nice. Are you competitive at all with, between the two of you? 
He's are, a speed demon. I don't, I'm just he gonna say is. Okay. okay. I, so like, like, watch him. It's just, it's like a flash of, I don't know, like what's happening. Yeah. But. So okay. <laughs> he's so fast. At the gym, he's very fast. <laughs> Outside of the gym. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we aren't competitive, but we balance each other out. Mm. Like I'm very strategic, right? Okay. Like I okay. know exactly how to get it done and how to do it to where it will work out. Yeah. Him? I don't know. Like, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so here, like, that's cool. Like, you could take, that's great you lifted mm, that much, okay? Right? I'm going to figure out the rest of our life. Like, <laughs> But are you that way about workouts, too? Like, really uh, think it through and, like, a, a, a plan and a... Yeah. So like, he's just more jumping, the timer yeah, goes, and he's more, he like, jumping and, yeah. like, I mean, he's not going to like me for saying this, but, like... Uh, He's very dramatic, mm. like I like to say. Like, he's the guy that, like, throws himself on the ground. And, like, he's like, oh, I just worked out so hard today. I'm like, yeah, I was there, too. Like, we all did the we same workout. So, like, that happens. But maybe not at the same level of intensity. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that that's sometimes a conversation. But, uh, no, I'm like that, too. I just don't, like, I don't take it to the level he does, yeah. right? Like, I'm not out there buying packs of Quest protein right. chips. So, uh, <laughs> so like there's that I, I shouldn't say that but it's true yeah it just drives right. me a little it's nuts. right I mean everybody approaches it differently right so yeah it, it well you realize stuff. you've spent like $15 on six bags of protein chips <laughs> you start to question it so but no that's just that's a that's a fun side of it I think okay. it's funny <laughs> All right, future, looking ahead to the future, goals, whether it's here at the gym or life or family, what do you, what's, what's the future look like for you? Um, definitely the kids, getting them through everything that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely think their childhood's a little bit off because of everything that's going mm-hmm. on. It's yeah. not what I'm used to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that they obviously do well. Um, and for myself, it's, Making the career move when I'm ready. I think sometimes I get really excited about a promotion opportunity or something, but then when I look into it, I'm like, uh, if I would have taken that, um, I would have blown it, right? Mm Because, like, there's always time to, like, learn more things, and sometimes you're just not ready. And so for myself, it's literally absorbing everything I can from the people who know how to do it better than I do at my job. Mm -hmm. I put a lot of passion in my job. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, I I feel like I talk about it a lot. But I just, I really enjoy, I really enjoy it and I enjoy the people that I work around because it's just very much, you can feel yourself growing. I mean, I thought I knew everything and then I realized I didn't, right? Um, There's that piece. So taking the right career choice at the right time, I believe. Um, Spending more time with my family. I think uh, my mom and dad, you know, we're all getting older and we all have lives going on. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to always make sure that that's there. I don't. I think sometimes I could just get so busy. Mm-hmm. Like it could be like three weeks and I haven't seen my parents. You know what I mean? And I know that they understand and we're all busy and that sort of thing. But I, I think definitely that needs to to grow closer. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's that's mostly on my end. And that's another piece too. Kind of watching my schedule a little bit to where I'm not constantly running from one place to the next. Right. And I understand sometimes that's normal because I'm a mom. And, and you know, kids are young. And, yeah. 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 But I I, ha- yeah. I want to be more intentional about what, how and where I spend my time. So. Yeah. And then for RTC, I want to get, like, I want to be able to do an RX, like, competition, to be honest. Mm. Like, there's, like, scaled an RX. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. To be able to just yeah. be able to be that person that's doing, yeah. like, 
the butterfly mm. chest bar, whatever you want to call yeah. it, or the rope climbs, like that would just be great. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get there. And I think that'd be really cool to be able to like look back and be like, wow, yeah. you know, because like even, come. Yeah, yeah, as dumb as it sounds, like even like the, the running piece, like, yeah, good job, Michelle, like you ran a mile, <laughs> like that's, that's pretty good. But to me, that was a big deal. So, yeah, but I think we all forget that, you know, I'm hard on myself too, like not not willing to just say, yeah, you did a good, like, that was good. Like, this this piece of that was really good today. Yeah. You know, like, we look, I, I don't know. I think we I think we all do that. We're harder on ourselves yeah. than, we, than we need to be. I know I am. I yeah. know. I don't know if it's more of a, a female thing, like, mm-hmm. how hard we can be on ourselves and not celebrate, like, those small victories. Because that is a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal to run a mile and a half. Yeah. When that's not something you were doing when you yeah. came here. So and that's is. like Yeah, and that's like an interesting piece too, even about RTC, is like, I would never have found that important before. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I've got other things to worry about. Right. So that just kind of triggers to me that like, I am taking care of myself yeah. and I'm putting myself first. That healthy mindset. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, those things have become important to me all yeah. of a sudden. And so yeah. that's how you just know you're doing something right, is it's because, you know, you're working on that. Like, yeah. There's other things going on, but you're still taking care of yourself, even if it's for 45 minutes a day. Right. And I like that. I like that I grew into that because yeah. I didn't have that mindset before. Yeah. And so. And mindset, it's it's a lot of work. It like really is. A healthy, is, yeah. positive mindset is it, a lot yeah. of work. It's a lot of work, but I will tell you, like, if you're around the, the right people, like, mm-hmm. at work, healthy, positive, accomplished mm-hmm. mindset. At RTC, healthy, positive, yeah. accomplished mindset, like. Ugh. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine, like, yeah. not being around the, all those groups of people. Yeah. I, I don't know. It would just wouldn't feel the same. Like, yeah. I've been doing it now for so long. Like, it just, I wouldn't like it. Yeah. And I like that, too. I like that I'm, like, I, I like that I feel motivated and, you know. Because yeah. I think you definitely, like, anything can grow in good soil type mindset. And mm-hmm. I definitely think, like, that's the situation with me. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you so much sitting down with us today and sharing yeah. your story. It is one of strength and courage and, and growth, and there's just so much to admire about that. So awesome. Yeah, there's no, a I vulnerability, really yeah. I think, in sharing the story, um, and I appreciate that, too. I think a lot of people benefit from hearing about it. So. Yeah, definitely. So. I hope so. I really do. So, But, no, I, liked, I really appreciate all the questions and getting able to do that because you don't really get and that's another thing I mean when would I have thought that I'd be doing like a podcast you know yeah yeah (laughs) now look at me yeah (laughs) I know well one last thought what do you think about like maybe I'm just opening up a whole nother thing here but maybe we can just keep it short like the just the whole mental health pandemic that's what I feel like there's a of of what do you what advice do you give to somebody who who is struggling maybe we'll, we'll end with that like whether not necessarily just with sobriety, but just struggling. With somebody that is struggling. I definitely think you should talk to someone. But I'm not huge on counselors, right? I think you should probably tell your mom. <laughs> I know that that's a pretty simple piece of advice, but I do. I, I feel like you need to be more open with the, peop- the person that knows you most, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe it's not the person you see every day, but it's your mom. And I think that, you know, you should let her know. And if that person's not around... You should talk to somebody that truly knows you. Because I think people are real quick to run and sign up for therapy and all that type of stuff. But I think it's really important, first of all, to pray. Because God will help you through anything. And then also to talk to somebody that you know would be a good, like, sounding board for what you have going on in your life. Okay. But definitely, I wish I would have opened up to my mom a lot more, to be honest with you. Even when I was younger, like, um, and something else to think about, too, 
I think people also associate depression with adults. Mm-hmm. I do think there was a big element of my life that I was depressed and didn't realize then. You know, you can't really word it that well right. um, as a kid. And I think those are the times, too, when I think back, like, man, I wonder if I would have just told my mom what I was really feeling if something would have been different, mm. you know? Yeah. Okay. I think good advice for any of us at any age, though, like to have that trusted person. Yes. The person who's looking you in the eye and listening. Because I think that's a big problem, too, is that we're so distracted by our phones and all the things going on in life. We were talking about that at school the other day. Like, how how many people do you have in your life that that are those kinds of people, you know, that are just really listening? Yeah. And I think I say my mom, too, just because there is that element of, like, man, I just wish I would have... Because when I sit down and think about it, that's my person that I would have, right? Because mm-hmm. you can tell Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just not the same. And yeah, like you just kind of feel like, wow, like you feel like you almost like shorted her a little bit. That makes any sense? Yeah. Because like you just yeah. you didn't act on that that feeling that you had. And I think that's why I say tell your mom because I think if I could go back and tell my younger self something, it would be that. Like talk okay. to mom, talk to mom, tell mom what's going on. So okay. okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that advice. And again, thank you for sharing your story and spending a little time with us today. So a couple days before Christmas. So have a happy holiday. Yeah, you too. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. Yep. All right.